Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk, and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday. Thank you for checking out the show. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading, streaming, favoriting, (laughs) whatever you do. Thank you for doing so. It is appreciated as we bring you interviews with some of your favorite artists on the show. Uh, Each and every Thursday are those new episodes, of course. Appreciate you being here. We got a good one for you this week. This week, I am joined by Iron Maiden guitarist Adrian Smith. And joining Adrian is guitarist, vocalist, multi-instrumentalist Richie Kotzen. A couple weeks ago, these guys released an album together, which a lot of people did not expect and did not see coming. I was in the loop on this because Richie's a good friend. And uh, about a year or so ago, more than a year ago, I was at his house in L.A. watching football. And he said to me, hey, I got to play something for you. I got to show you something, but you can't say anything yet. I said, what's up? Went into his studio and he played me songs that he was working on at the time with Adrian Smith. And I didn't even know Richie knew Adrian. And it turned out that Adrian lived nearby and that they had become friends and They had started jamming a little bit together, and uh, they decided to make a record, and the the record has come out. It's out under the name Smith-Cotson, and it's an interesting pairing if you really don't know much about Adrian as a singer and musician. And also Richie. So people's impression a lot that know Richie know him as more of a a shredder type of dude, even though there's many more sides to him than that. And he's a fantastic singer and can play every instrument. A lot of people don't know that Adrian also has a great voice and that's on display on this record they made together. So it's truly a joint record in the sense that they wrote everything together 
They play all the guitars together. They trade off lead vocals. And Richie played some of the drums on the record as well as bass. I mean, it's truly a a, a pairing. It's truly a collaborative record, and it's really good. It's, for the most part, bluesy, classic-sounding hard rock. Unfortunately, it's not the kind of thing that's going to get played on the radio just because they're two older guys from different bands and whatever. We just know how radio is with that stuff. But that's why you have a show like this or an interview like this to try to create some awareness for this record and this these two incredibly talented artists. So if you have the record already, you know what it's all about. If you don't, you'll hear more of what it's all about and how it actually came together because I was lucky enough to be able to have Adrian and Richie on together to talk about this record they made. Now, as I tell you every week, the interviews you hear on this podcast originate on my Sirius XM radio show. Trunk Nation, live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern, audio, video, more on the Sirius XM app. As I tell you every week, you know by now, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, please join me and become a subscriber if you're not already of Sirius XM Radio. You will hear me live every day talking rock, taking calls, doing so much fun stuff, and of course, tons of artist interviews as well. So what you hear on this podcast is just a tiny, tiny fraction of what I do daily on volume on channel 106 on Sirius XM. This interview aired there, and this interview was done over Zoom with video. So if you do have SiriusXM, go to the app, and you can also watch this interview in its entirety on video if you'd like. But great conversation with these guys. I mean, I've known Adrian for a long time as well, and this is not the first time Adrian has done stuff outside of Iron Maiden. He had a band called Psycho Motel. He had a band called ASAP. He had a band where he was the lead singer prior to joining Iron Maiden. But uh, you can tell Adrian's having a lot of fun doing this. They're already talking about doing another record, and they are talking about wanting to do live shows if they can get them in at some point. So Adrian Smith and Richie Kotzen together coming up on this week's podcast. Uh, Before we get to that, again, social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter and Instagram especially, and also... And uh, it's been a while since I've been able to do this, but I have some appearances to tell you about. Yes, I am hitting the road. There's actually live concerts and things happening again. And I'm going to be out there hosting some stuff that I'm really excited about. Just like the bands have been chomping at the bit to go out and play. I've been dying to get back out there and connect with you guys and be a part of, uh, this whole world of rock and roll that we love so much. So all that to say, first up, Ardmore, Oklahoma, April 30th. I'll be at Two Frogs with Frank Hannon. Two Frogs is a great little bar restaurant in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Uh, Frank is going to do Tesla songs as well as some of his other material. It's going to be a great night. I can't wait for this. So come on out and join us. Tickets are going to be super limited for this because it's a very small place. Get them now at stubwire.com. April 30th, Frank Hannon, yours truly hosting Ardmore, Oklahoma at Two Frogs. May 1st and 2nd, I'm at the Dallas International Guitar Festival. That's at Dallas Market Hall. 
Dallas, Texas, May 1 and 2. This event also happens on April 30th. I will only be there on May 1st and 2nd, hosting various stages. Frank Hannon and George Lynch among the artists performing. Also, June 25th, I'm at Warehouse Live. That is in Houston with Warrant, Lita Ford, and Bullet Boys. Also, I am June 19th with Brett Scallions at the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa, and also there June 26th at the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa with Lita Ford. Everything on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. Be sure to check for changes, additions, subtractions. Keep an eye on the homepage of the site, and most importantly, to my Twitter feed. All right, let's uh, get a break, and we'll come back. And this week's interview, Richie, Richie Kotzen, and Adrian Smith together. That's next. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, let me tell you guys about Raycon wireless earbuds. I have them. They sound great. They work great. I don't know about you guys, but I'll tell you, at the end of the day, I'm ready to disconnect. I don't want to be looking at screens how much time do we spend looking at screens and looking at uh, you know your phone and all that? It's awesome to put in the Raycons, put on your favorite music, your favorite podcast, your favorite news, close your eyes, listen, and enjoy. It tell you, I'll tell you, it it's invigorating. It's a great change. It really is. It's uh, I'll tell you what I like most about the Raycon ear earplugs or not earplugs. What am I saying? Uh the Raycon wireless earbuds <laughs> is that by the way, that they are kind of like plugs because they stay in your ear. So many times I don't like earbuds because they're loose. They fall out. You can't adjust them. They're not made for ears. My size <laughs> Raycons take care of all that. So that's one of my favorite things about them beyond the audio. There's no dangling wires or stems to get in your way. They come in a, a range of stylish colors. They are built to perform water and sweat resistant. If you want to use them at the gym, Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly. And of course, great sound as well. So let me tell you about getting these great earbuds. Raycon is offering 15% off all their products for my listeners. And here's all you got to do. Go to buyraycon.com slash trunk. That's buy, B-U-I, Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N, dot com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K. Buyraycon.com slash trunk. That's it. You get 15% off your entire Raycon order. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare pair. 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash trunk. B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash trunk. Seven years ago, college wrestler Damian Hurd disappeared from a party in Gunnison, Colorado. Everyone has been drinking or whatever the usual party scene. When, how, and why he left are questions I need your help to understand. Nobody's heard from him. No, it's just like he disappeared. From Cold Case Productions and Podcast One, Final Days on Earth, The Life and Death of Damian Hurd. I'm your host, Claire Sanima. Join me April 20th for the season premiere. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
Eddie Trunk back with you. Let's get into it right now. Adrian Smith and Richie Kotzen together talking about their new album, Smith Kotzen, and a whole lot more. Adrian, good to see you, man. It's been too long. How are you? Yeah, it's been a while. How are you, Eddie? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. What do we, Eddie got there? You got a nice uh, little studio set up behind you, huh? Is that your home studio? Yeah, I am. Um... This I'm on the West Coast here in, uh, in America, and um, when I bought the house, the, the guy I had it before was a um, in the film business. This, he was this was his screening room, so it, it just makes a perfect little studio. So, yeah, it's my little uh, my little man cave in here. Very very cool, and that's also where all the magic in. started, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, Richie and I jammed here. I got a little electric drum kit there, and a few guitars and amps, and had parties and. People jam. Richie and I jammed here, um, uh, you know, uh, around Christmas time at parties, and we—that's uh, when we started um, sort of connecting a little bit. And um, we were playing, we were jamming, playing Bad Company, Stevie Ray, Humble Pie, all the old, you know, stuff. And uh, we started. Uh, we got on great, and then we started. Uh, someone suggested. Well, my wife actually suggested. Why don't you guys write? You know, so. We tried writing, and here we go. We had a good chemistry, and uh, that's how the album started, really. All right. Well, let, let me give Richie a proper introduction. My good friend Richie yeah, sorry, Kotzen Richie. is here as well. No, that's cool, as Smith Kotzen <laughs> is the band. Now, here's the thing, Adrian. So I was out at Richie's house. Um, Richie, when was it? Like over a year ago now because of the pandemic. We were watching football, and Richie said to me, like, on the down low, like, check you know look here's what you know i'm gonna might you know do some stuff with adrian and i was like really excited and obviously he had to be kept under wraps until it was ready to be announced but i thought it was uh, an amazing pairing richie to talk about how you got to know adrian you guys kind of live ne- next to each other right yeah um we're pretty close by and uh you know it was years ago uh a friend and i were out running around LA looking for something to do and there's a spot out here um back then it was called the whiskey bar but not the whiskey where the bands play this is a little tiny bar in that's part of a hotel called the sunset marquee and my friend and I went in there and uh and Natalie was in there Adrian's wife where is she she's in the room there (laughs) <laughs> she's off camera adrian's she's pointing but she's not and so uh, there, there she, she is. is there she is and so uh my friend and natalie were talking and then it was revealed that that i was a musician and then my friend was showing her some videos and then she said well my husband's a musician and he's in the band iron maiden she said his name and then i got really like starstruck because you know maiden was my favorite band growing up along with Black Sabbath. And so uh, I was, oh, my God, I got to meet Adrian. She goes, well, he's coming to town, so I'll make sure that you meet him. And then one thing led to another, and then Adrian and I met. And then we got friendly. And then it's like, you know, for years now, whenever they come to L.A., my wife Julia and I and Natalie and Adrian get together. And then like Adrian just said, one of these times, uh, Natalie said, oh, you guys are both off in your home for a while. Why don't you try to write something? And then that was the beginning of it. Right, Adrian? Yeah. Get to work, in other words. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Adrian, it started like, so for people that follow Richie's social media, there was the earliest thing was there was, I think, a video or something posted and it was you and him 
I think Robert from Metallica, it was like this group of people jamming. Was that the seeds of it? Is that kind of where it first started taking shape? Um, kind of. It was before that, really. Um, in fact, uh, I think around Christmas 2018 was the first time we jammed. And uh, just after that, in January, is when we started working on the album. Then we had a break because I went off on tour with Maiden. Richie had his tour. And then we reconvened in 2020 and finished it off. But yeah, that, that's the sort of scene. Where, yeah, Rob lives around here. He's a great guy. And he, he jammed over here a few times. Yes, people like that. It's good fun, you know. Adrian, how aware of Richie's work were you prior to meeting him? Um, yeah, more if at I all. Did, uh, what's that? If at all. No, I was, yeah. Um, uh, my wife turned me on to his music, actually. No, I saw a, a concert I think he did from somewhere in South America, live thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's fantastic, you know. I love that sort of music. You know, I grew up listening to probably Humble Pie was on my favorite band, Steve Marriott. And he's a singer guitar who can sing and play that well. He's all, I, I, I love that. I feel Leonard. I know he wasn't a guitarist, but he's up there playing, you know. Uh, Paul Rogers is probably my favorite singer. And, you know, Richie's not not very far removed from that. I mean, he's, he's got that tone. So, uh, yeah, I, I knew his music. Yeah. Yeah. And it was something I wanted to do. You know, I've, I've had a sort of, a, an urge to make a sort of a more, a hard rock with the touch of blues kind of, kind of thing. I've been, uh, wanting to do that for a long time, you know, and Richie's like, uh, that's what he does for a living. So I thought it'd be good, good to take up with him, you know, well, Adrian, we should tell for people that that know you from uh, purely Iron Maiden and may not realize this, because you, you've been on this show before with me years ago for other things you've done outside of Maiden. Whether it was there was uh, yeah. ASAP, there was what was it? Psycho Hotel was it? Or Psycho Motel? <laughs> Psycho Motel? What was it? Psycho Motel. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually, I actually came to studio with you in New York a while ago. Yeah. That's God, what's that, 20 years ago probably already at this point? Yeah, thanks for the support, by the way. I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, it's a long time ago, but the point is that that's always been part of your DNA. You've always liked, you know, doing the metal thing with Maiden, but also always having that side to you where you get to maybe sing a little bit more and play in a different style, right? Well, I started off uh, my career, if you like, as as singing, uh, purely because, you know, Dave Murray and I, the other guitarist in Maiden, grew up in the same neighborhood. We were one of the few kids that were into hard rock at the time, purple and free and all that. Uh, all the other kids were listening to soul and pop music and we grew our hair and I, uh, David had already been playing a couple of years and I desperately wanted to be in a band. I just got completely bitten by the bug after hearing Deep Purple. So I said, well, I'll be the singer in your band. Let me sing. So he said, all right, then go on then. So <laughs> we jammed together and, um, you know, I had this little microphone and I just started singing. And that's what I did basically for the first six years uh, of my career. And I, I learned to play guitar as I went along, you know. And I'd always play with someone, an, another guitarist, you know, uh, uh, in tandem, you know, always was in a band. I never had a, a band when I was just playing guitar. So it's it's sort of second nature to me, you know. Um, but, you know, when I joined Maiden, I put, you know, I put that aside. Um I did try to do more harmony vocals when I was joined Maiden, but I just said, nope. <laughs> we don't want too many harmonies, you know. It's not that sort of band anyway. 
I mean, well, I, wasted I what, years and stuff like that is obviously yeah, a big signature on, for you. Later on, but when I first joined, it was like, no, we're not doing that. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I do love it. And, um, uh, but I, I do like to do this as well. You know, I'm just a bit of a jack of all trades, you know, one of those sort of things, really. Richie, I'm curious for you. So here you meet Adrian and you're obviously a big Maiden fan like we all are. But then when you started working with him, playing with him, writing with him, how quickly did you see that other side come out? And were there things that you learned about him as a musician that you didn't expect, like a side to him that maybe you saw that you you didn't expect coming from the guy from Maiden when you started working on songs? Well, I had a real good idea um, that we kind of – had the similar tastes because when we were jamming together, like the kinds of cover songs that we wanted to play, you know, in that room <laughs> that he's in. And uh, so, uh, you know, it was kind of obvious, you know, you know, Adrian mentioned Paul Rogers and, and some of the other bands, that, you know, he likes and that I like as well. So I knew that we had that in common. So um, I wasn't really surprised about the direction of what we ended up writing but one of the things that I really did notice that I thought was really cool is, you know, Adrian's sense of what I guess I'd call counterpoint and harmony. And I don't mean harmony like singing backwards. I mean, just counterpoint and melody harmony as it relates to chord progressions. And so to elaborate on that, we would have a song, for example, like taking my chances and we'd work it up. And in, in my mind, I'm thinking, OK, I think we're done. And the same thing happened in Scars. And then Adrian would say, well, wait a minute. I hear this one little part. And then he'd pick up the guitar and do this kind of almost like a call and answer or counterpoint line that to me just set the chorus off to another level. And it was something that I wouldn't have thought to do. And, and I, I thought to myself, well, this really must be, you know, because so many years he's played with um, more than one guitar player in the band. You know, now there's three in Maiden, but... Uh, having, you know, another guitar player to play off of, you know, it kind of changes your perspective. So that was kind of a benefit, I thought, for, for me, like a bonus, like when we were writing a recording that he would come up with these kind of other parts that just kind of elevates the song to a, another plateau. Adrian, how did you guys divvy up who did what? Did it just come naturally as you wrote? Because this really is a... Uh, outside of a couple uh, people, which we'll mention, this really is the two of you that made the record. So in terms of splitting verses or trading off guitar parts or what have you, I mean, how did you decide who was best for what part? It's pretty straightforward, really. I mean, um, just, you know, I come in, for example, we had the song running. I think that was the first song we wrote. I came in with that idea for a verse. I said, you know, I got this. I started, I sang that bit. And Richie simply said, oh, yeah, I think I've got a chorus for that. Bang, we had a chorus. So we had a verse and a chorus. Okay, uh, well, I've got an idea for the solo. You know, did that repeat thing. And then he came in and sort of uh, resolved the solo. It was just plain sailing. It was just literally back and forth, you know. Usually I come in with an idea, played a verse. I noticed I sing quite a lot of the verses. Richie's got a more range. He's kind of very good at choruses and, and you know, taking the song up a gear. So it was perfect. You know, and I tell other people this, you know, I've worked with a lot of people over the years outside the band, as you say, you know, some quite well-known people and, uh, you know, someone suggests you write together and you give it a go because you never know, but it can be very awkward sat there in front of someone you don't really know very well. 
uh, trying to make music, you know, and it, sometimes it just doesn't happen. It's chemistry, you know, and, uh, but with Richie and I, we, it just was great. You know, and you, when you find something like that, you got to run with it and make the most of it. And, uh, you know, so we ended up doing the album. Richie, for you, what was it like to share guitar playing with someone? Because correct me if I'm wrong. And I mean, I know your career really well and you know, I'm a fan. I, I, whether it's your solo stuff, whether it was your time in Poison, whether it's Mr. Big, whether it's the Winery Dogs, you're the one guitar player, sole guitar player. You're not playing with another guitar player. So what was it like working that out and, and having another guitarist to, to go back and forth with? Yeah, and it's another singer too, you know? Um, yeah. It, it's great. I love it. I, mean, I really do. I really love it because, you know, it gives me a chance to kind of lay back. And I, I love you know, playing a support role. If someone's soloing, you know, that's something I learned actually from playing with Stanley Clark. Um, you know, there were one, two, there were three solo, well, all of us soloed, even the drummer. So, you know, I had to learn like you know, when Karen was doing a violin solo or Stanley's doing a piccolo bass solo, you know, how to really play a support role and, you know, when not to play or when, you know, how to, you know, kind of, respond i guess would be the word you know it's kind of like a conversation and um and so i actually enjoy playing that role so this gives me a chance to kind of go back to that sort of thing and then of course when when i'm needed to step up and and razzle and dazzle i can do it but you know i actually like the the you know having a partner it's really nice yeah, Adrian, I don't think Richie's ever had a partner like this before. You should feel very flattered. He's, I don't think he's, he's never shared singing and guitar playing with anybody, really, that I can think of. So this is a big moment in his career. I mean, I understand because, um, you know, I've done solo records as well. I did ASAP and Psycho Mattel, where I kind of was in charge of it and, you know, had to do make all the decisions, book the studios, organize musicians, uh, find a producer, all that. And it's great it's it's exhilarating but it's it's a lot of pressure on you for one person and sometimes you're in the studio i remember once when i was doing the psycho mattel album i had the i had the flu i had to go in the studio because i paid for it you know i'm standing i'm doing a guitar solo you know and i'm looking around and, and i wanted someone to say yeah that was really good or do this and people were just you know the engineer were just looking at me you know is that all right it's great to have something to bounce off you know and having Richie to bounce off, you know, he helped me out uh, recording my vocals and, you know, we worked on that a little bit. So it's great, but but you don't have that, you know, another, uh, you know, too many opinions. It's just Richie and I, but you say so it's, you got the luxury of bouncing off someone, but still having control and we could sort of see through the vision we had, you know, so it's ideal really. You know, it's a great, I think it's a, it works really well. So I mentioned the record was made predominantly the two of you uh, produced it, wrote it, uh, play guitar, sing. Richie, you play some drums on it. Um, I think the bass is played by maybe the two of you. Talk about the people that outside of the two of you that are up here on the record, because uh, Adrian, I know our, our friend and your bandmate, Nico McBrain, makes a guest appearance. How did you how'd you pull Nico in on a track? Well, we had the song uh, Solar Fire. Richie had that idea and uh we kind of demoed it out and, and uh i can't really remember who suggested it it was either richie or myself but um you know let's get nico in on this it'd be great on it i mean we loved uh well i certainly love nick from uh his pat travers days i was a big pat travers fan and that was this is so 
the song Solar Fire, which is on the Smith Gotson album, has got that sort of funky rock vibe. So you've got Nick doing it. You know, Nick can play all sorts of things. You know, I tell people, I don't think he ever had a, a, a regular job. He went straight from school into his dad's jazz band when he was about 15. His dad was a trumpeter. So uh, Nick can play like, jazz, funk. If you hear him play funk, it's amazing. Uh, he's a great rock drummer. He's brilliant in Maiden, you know. So, you know, we sent him the track. We couldn't get him in the studio. So uh, because of, uh, well, he was miles away, basically. He was in Florida, but, you know. So uh, we sent it to him and he smashed it, of course, as only Nick O can, you know. So, uh, uh, yeah, we got Nick on uh, on that song. Richie, who else is on the record besides the two of you and Nico on that one track? You have, uh, is it, is it, Tal? Ta- I met, I met him at your house. I think the, the drummer that's played with you sometimes, right? Is it Tal? Yeah. His name? Yeah. yeah. We were, and we were on the boat together. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. was, yeah. Tal Bergman. And, uh, I've known Tal since I was 26. Pretty crazy. And we, we met, we were going to uh, do this, like well, we did do this house band thing with two other guys. We were like the, the house band for a, a club that opened in LA. I think it was Billboard Live, which later became something else. But we did like three weeks together. And then it, I don't know what happened, but it didn't last very long. But we stayed friends. And then when I had the opportunity to open for the Rolling Stones, I asked him to come play drums for me. And so we went to Japan together. So, I mean, I, I worked with Tal on and off for years. And so then when, um, when we had Nico play on the song, um, I don't know, maybe I was getting tired, had blisters on my hands from hitting the drums because I have terrible technique. I said, let's, uh, let's get Tal to play on a couple songs. And, you know, Tal's one of those guys where you play him, you know, I had everything like, you know, how do you say, you know, template, you know, I had it all set, you know, like there's a guide guitar, guide vocal, a beat. We had it all programmed, Adrian and I. And so he had something to listen to. So he sat there with, he said, give me, give me 20 minutes. And he'd sit there with a paper and write down, you know, chart it out. He said, okay, I'm ready. And he'd go behind the drums and, and just play it. And, and like one pass, pretty much, like, wow, that was great. All right, we want to hear another one? You know, he said, no, no, let me fix this one little thing. I'm going to drop him in, fix one little thing. So he's, he's so like pro and he just knows his instincts are just ridiculous. He's just got great instincts and and uh and he's a great person everything's like every answer to everything is no problem you know what i mean it's just a great guy so that was a pleasure to have him on there adrian talk a little bit about actually recording the record did you guys you guys went to was it the bahamas where where did you go was it compass point well we ended up no no it wasn't it was in um actually turks and caicos okay I, I went to the Turks and Caicos. In fact, about I've been going there for ten years. It's one of my favourite places in the world. I love it. Uh, about ten years ago, I made and just finished Final Frontier album at Compass Point. We went back there. We went in the same room as we did all those albums in the eighties. Albums in the eighties. Uh, anyway, we finished up there, and I had some time to kill, so I went to Turks and Caicos. Loved the place. I've been going there for ten years. Got friends there. So when we uh, wanted to finish off the album uh, i suggested going over there and we rented a place we took our wives with us we had a bit of fun and uh you know we took uh, i mean you got a laptop you got a studio now almost you know took some guitars various other bits and pieces and uh, we did some good work there yeah so uh, uh 
I could even go fishing outside the uh, out the house there or not on the dock. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I, I we, we were talking about before this record came out. We were talking about. I was talking about with your camp. Uh, you coming on to talk about your book, and we didn't get a chance to do that. So you should give it a, a plug oh, right one. now. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Oh, I just happened to have a, a copy here. Uh, <laughs> what a pitch a, man a, you a, are, Adrian. <laughs> available, available, uh, all good bookstores. Actually, I gave Richie one. He, I don't think he's read it yet. He's not really. I tried to get him to fish in, uh, in the Turks. He, he only tried for about a minute, and then he got bored. So, yeah, <laughs> that's my passion. So, my, my other passion. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. The- well done. I have a copy of the I have a copy of the book. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I look forward to it. But you actually in the book, you actually swing back and forth between stories about Maiden and your love of fishing, right? It's kind of a hybrid yeah. thing. It is, yeah. It was supposed to be a pure fishing book, and then um, I started introducing because uh, I've been, you know, ever since I uh, well, ironically, since I joined Maiden, I I, took, I was fishing when I was a kid. It's a long story, but. I fished, and then, then I heard Deep Purple, and I gave up everything. I said, I want to be a musician. But ironically, I, I started fishing again when I joined Maiden, because Clive Burr, the old drummer, was a really mad fisherman as well. So when we used to come to America, for example, we'd, we'd buy fishing rods, keep them under the bus, we'd keep all our kit under there and go fishing on days off. So there's a lot of stories on the road. Uh, and recording as well. Uh, it's surprising. I, I, I managed to sort of connect them and, and bind them together. So there's a lot of road stories there. The time we played in Rock in Rio, 85, supporting Queen, uh, Queen the first uh, Rock in Rio. Uh, recording in the Bahamas, a story, a crazy story about Robert Palmer getting involved in the recording of Power Slave. I mean, you know, things like that, you know, sort of crazy little stories in there, along with the fishing. So for you, fishing was always like an escape for the day. A lot of people... Yeah, I've talked to so many musicians they are like, you know, in, in a day, the two hours on stage, that's what we live for. It's the other 22 hours where you get in trouble or you're bored or you're trying to figure it out. For you, that other time and that escape was always seeing if wherever you were in the world, you could find a place to go fish. Yeah, uh, amongst other things. I mean, uh, I probably do more fishing now on tour than I used to, but um, you're exactly right. You know, you play for two hours and then the rest of the time you're you're traveling you're in hotels and that's the biggest killer, the boredom, you know, you do get bored, you know, and that's why people get in trouble. <laughs> so uh, fishing is a, always, a, you know, a good antidote to that. And you, you know, you get the peace and quiet. I call it meditation with a punchline, you know, so you're out there and you're just focusing on the fishing and, you know, catching the fish is a bonus. Richie, I'm with you. I'm way too high strung, man. I couldn't do it. I get fidgety. It's I get, I got, you know, I went out on a boat once I got sick. It's just, it's that's not my thing at all, but. Now Adrian goes out. I mean, I remember one day he was way out on a boat and uh, it looked very peaceful and you know, maybe it's something I could try to get into. I don't know. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Right, again. Adrian, who was the better fisher fisherman between you and the the late great Clive Bird? Did you who caught the most fish? Uh, Clive was pretty good actually, but we uh, we used to go in our in our off time as well um, to, to to places. You know when we when we weren't touring. You know we uh, in fact when I joined Maiden, uh, we used to room together a lot, and uh, so I was I was quite close to Clive. He's a great guy. He's a very funny guy. Um, he was he was a clown, you know. He used to make all of us laugh all the time. And um, 
he lived life to the full. <laughs> you know, he was, you know, he embraced the whole, the, the lifestyle. And it was, you know, those tours we used to do were physically, physically tough. I mean, we used to be out there eight, nine months on that bus, you know, and it was, it was physically hard and it just got to him a bit, you know. And uh, it's tragic what happened to him. But uh, yeah, he was, he was a better fisherman, better fisherman than me. Maybe not now, but I've maybe caught up to him now, maybe. So Richie, this record has been done for a little while and, and now it's, it's finally out or comes out. We should tell everybody tomorrow officially. Have you guys, have you guys done more stuff since this? Have you gotten together and even started jamming and maybe even knocking around more ideas? Is the idea to make Smith Cotson an ongoing thing and put out a record when schedules permit? I hope so. Yeah. And I, I think that that's uh that, that'd be great to do that. And, um, like Adrian said, he's uh, he's on the West Coast, and so am I. We're in the same town, so I think we'll we'll get together and hopefully, uh, you know, do some more writing, right, Adrian? <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, we we plan to do that. Yeah, uh, it's exciting. I'll get so many ideas. You know, I don't know what it is these days. Whether it's a, you know, now you can go in your studio and you can create a whole band at once. It's so inspiring. I remember when I was a, a kid trying to write songs and, it, you know, you'd, you'd write one or two, three a year or something. You know, now it's like you just come out with stuff all the time. It's I don't know if you just get more tuned in as you get older. I mean, it's all out there. The music's in kind of in the air, isn't it? You just have to kind of be in the right mood and just grab it and channel it, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I get up in the morning, I'm, not, I'm going to Richie's to write. You know, I just thought, right, it just kind of, kicks in the inspiration you know that's what you know it's good. we have a good little system too because it seems like you know adrian like he just said he always has an idea and then like i it feels like i'm really you know inclined to be able to take something and oh well let's do this with it and then it goes here and then he'll well let's do that and and, and it kind of evolves almost like a friendly volley if we were playing tennis you know just like keep the ball in the air back and forth and then suddenly bang there's a song so right. I'm really looking forward to that, um, you know, to getting together again with Adrian and, and uh, seeing, you know, what we can put together and hopefully, you know, get it to a point where we've got a second record, you know. I mean, the first record didn't even come out yet, but I think yeah. it'd be great to, to do another one for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Plus, Adrian, you know, you're, you're, I'm sorry, go ahead, Adrian. What were you saying? Well, the, you know, the whole classic rock thing, I mean, we all love to live. There's such a massive audience for it. I mean, it's not on the Grammys much or in, in, the, in, the, in the sort of public uh, uh, media or whatever, but it's, it's still a big, it's almost gone underground a little bit like it was when I grew up. It's still a massive audience for it. There's a lot of, as you know, there's a lot of people who like it. And it's nice to be able to, uh, as much as we all like to listen to the classics, to contribute some new hard rock music, you know? And, uh, you know, keep putting the fresh blood in there, you know. Uh, and I think what we've done is, is uh, it's got a fresh take on it. Well, obviously, we're inspired, or I was inspired by those 70s bands like Free, Humble Pie. But, um, you know, you like to think you, you're taking it on a little a step or two as well. So it's nice to make a contribution to that genre, you know. Now, obviously, for the last year or so, we've – everybody's been in the same boat and, and these are unprecedented times. And most people that are usually touring and whatever band at whatever time is always on the road. None of that has happened. Now, 
every indicator. And in the last month, I've been talking to artists who are routing tours or are going to do some shows. Adrian, for you, being an Iron Maiden, uh, everybody agrees that the large-scale stuff, the bigger the band, meaning the bigger amount of people they pull, that's probably going to be the last thing that comes back, unfortunately, in terms of people. But for artists who have are in bands like that, who have bands that would play smaller amounts of people and smaller venues, there's an opportunity. So the timing for this, if you can see where I'm going with Smith Cotson, could be ideal to do live shows given that, unfortunately, and I hope I'm wrong, but unfortunately, you know, Maiden stuff probably is a ways down the line still as far as playing live, given the amount of people you do with that band. Would you say that's accurate? And do you hope to do live shows with Richie? Yeah, certainly do. I mean, we'd had, we had planned that anyway, around uh, sort of April this year, Arthur released the album, play, you know, a few shows in America, some shows in, um, in uh, Europe, of course, that all went out the window. But uh, who knows, Eddie? I mean, things are changing so fast as well. And you're probably right. Maybe this, you know, in fact, I've, I've seen a few gigs advertised, socially distanced, small places. So maybe that's something we could look into, yeah, because we're definitely thinking of playing live. As far as Maiden, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, the big gigs, it's hard to see how that work, you know, until everyone gets the, the vaccine, um, you know, and then it's in Europe is certainly very different because all the countries have their different uh, problems, you know, and and, uh, and logistics. So, whereas in the states it might be a little bit more straightforward, you know. We'll see. Because because Adrian for download they moved Maiden from this year they already killed download unfortunately for this year so they've announced you for 2022 on that right. Uh, yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're supposed so, to do Rock Rio as well. I don't think that's happening now. So that that's all two two twenty two as well. So uh, so it's left some time. Richie, would you like to try to do live shows with this? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I really embrace you know the the stay at home. To be honest, I mean, we had I had like four continents worth of shows booked to support the last record I did, Fifty for Fifty. You know, we were going to Europe, we were going to this, uh, do the states and. We had Japan and, and we we're putting together South America and then obviously it all came down. But the plan was to, to uh, do Smith Cotson in April, like he said, um, but we couldn't do it. But, you know, I, I kind of didn't realize it, but I actually did need that break. You know, it was good for me to stay home for a year and not get on stage. Um, but now I'm starting and not once in 2020 did I like long for the stage. I was really happy to just stay home and just take a breather. But now I'm getting to that point where I'm like, okay, enough of this now. I got to get out and play and, and, and uh, be a musician again. Uh, so I very much would like to get out and, and do some shows. And I think like Adrian said, probably it would probably be easier and more realistic to think that we could do something in the States as far as a tour, or even if you did a regional thing, like maybe we go, into certain states that are open and do like shows there. I don't know how to do it, but it would be nice to, to, to get out for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's happening. I mean, there's a couple of festivals at the end of this year that are look like a go. And I just had this band uh, in this moment on earlier today. They've got like, they're about to announce a tour. Corey Taylor announced a tour. The people are either doing some stuff in certain states or routing 2025 20, shows right now. Cause everybody feels like, 
the fall is when you're going to be able to do that at the club or theater level. I think that's why I said to Adrian about Maiden. Unfortunately, that's probably a little down the line, but that creates maybe a nice opportunity for you to have the chance to do that, to get out and play some shows. Because listening to this record, and I love it, guys, by the way, it goes without saying I love it. I'm a fan of both of yours, and it's great hearing right. this. But it, it, right. it be- to me, it begs to be played live. It would be great to hear it played live. Yeah, I think I, I think some of the songs are translate uh, live. You know, also the possibility of uh, you know stretching a few out uh, and maybe covering some stuff from uh, you know our other catalogs. You know, Richie's solo stuff and and even some Maiden songs I've got in mind. It might be quite fun to do. You know, uh, you know Richie's got a great range to his voice, uh, so we have a, a you know a wide canvas to paint on. You know. Um, with both of what we can do, you know, uh, respectively. So uh, that'd be a lot of fun to do live, I think. Yeah, yeah I'd really like that a lot. I really, Richie, really... Richie, if you could pick one Maiden song to play live with Adrian, which one would it be? Uh, somebody suggested Wasted Years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a, lo- a logical one, yeah. That Tons of melody great. there, cool. Yeah. <laughs> And even I have to get in shape, start going to the gym, get that long capacity going, you know. <laughs> well, that's it, yeah. yeah, that's uh, recording is one thing. You have to get, I think everybody's a bit rusty now. I mean, yeah. um, you know, uh, getting out there and playing for, you know, an hour, two hours. I mean, but yeah, I, once your adrenaline kicks in, it, it does marvelous things for you. And the audience. And, and Adrian, you, you actually, uh, be, being such a Maiden fan, I'll, I'll remind people that may not know, you actually sang lead vocals on a Maiden track uh, with a song called Reach Out. What were the circumstances around that? Um, I think it was um, just before we did Somewhere in Time, we had uh, shock news. Maiden takes, I think we took six months off. This was in the mid-80s. It was like, you know, a big deal at the time because we never took any time off. And, and Rod Smallwood said, yeah, go and have six months off. It's great. And then Nico and I ended up in the studio together because, you know, we were always jamming and messing around at sound checks. So we got a band together called, um, well, it ended up being called the entire population of Hackney. And I drafted a couple of my old mates in, a guy called Andy Barnett, guitarist. He played with FM, a British band called FM. Dave Bucket Corwell, who played with Bad Company and Paul Rogers, guitarists, and a couple of other guys. Nick played drums. And we just we just used to go out of the studio and play every day just for something to do. And then we did a gig at the Marquee Club. We did a couple of gigs. And I was singing, I was singing lead vocals at the time. And uh, from that, um, uh, when, we, when we went to do, uh, I think it was Somewhere in Time, and uh, we had to do some B-sides, so... Steve Harris suggested, why don't you do some of the stuff you did with the with the Hackneys, as he called it. And so we did Reach Out, which was written by Dave Colwell, guitarist, good friend of mine, great songwriter. So I did that as a as a B side. Wasn't really a, a surprise. I mean, it was Steve's idea. It was as about as far away from Maiden as you can get. It was more like sort of right. Brian Adams, you know. But um, you know, I I sort of uh, said, okay, let's do it, you know. So uh, and Bruce Bruce sang backups as well. So yeah. we, we sang together. Um. Uh. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and uh, Martin Birch produced it. You know, so I was, I was behind the glass with, with you know Martin Birch producing me, the guy who's done Gillen and uh, Ronnie Dio and uh, 
and, uh, and of course all the maiden records yeah I, yeah of course Mate, who yeah. sadly we lost martin recently but ah, uh yeah. obviously exactly. a huge made a huge impact on so many bands i mean i was just listening to heaven and hell and mob rules and i had all the sabbath guys on a couple weeks ago and we were just yeah. talking about those records and how amazing they are and, and and martin worked on those as well um guys i'm gonna have to wrap up here in a second but um just you know any other updates that you want to give about what you're doing uh outside of this band or what you might be working on now until things come back richie you working? I mean, Adrian, you realize you're in a band with a guy who put out a record of 50 songs a year ago. It's a lunatic uh-huh. over here. He doesn't stop. Uh-huh. But Richie, you got uh-huh. another 50 coming, or what are you doing? <laughs> I'm working on 60 for 60. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, uh, you know, Stanley Clark and I started talking again, and um, we got this track that we're working on. That um, I'm probably not supposed to say anything, but here I I, I am. Uh, with the J.R. Robinson playing drums on. And so Stanley and I have been messing with this thing. I, I put a vocal on there. So I'm not sure, you know, maybe there's going to be another another trio of some sort uh, in the future. Who knows? Um, you know, maybe call it the Brewery Cats or something. But <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, there, there's that. Um, I, I talk to Billy and Mike a lot. And so we, we want to do something. Um, I got a couple new songs that I finished that are kind of crazy. Uh, one of my, my wife came down and goes, wow, what are you on? She said, I've never heard anything like that before out of you. So I don't know. Um, but really to be really honest, I'm super pumped on this Smith Cotson record. I, I just love this record. And I think for me, it reminds me of one of those classic albums I would have had, you know, when I was a kid. So I guess, the, the real answer is I, I, I want to get this record out. You know, tomorrow it's coming out. I'd love to tour it. And I, and I want to make. Oh, oh he froze up on us a second there. Oh, am I, can you hear me? Here yeah, you yeah, you're, okay. you're, you're frozen on the picture, but we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. You can hear me. Yeah. No, but I was just saying, I, I want to stay the course here with Smith. Cause I think we got something really cool. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I'd love to see live shows. And Adrian, any updates that you can give on anything you're working on or any updates for the Maiden fans out there? Just wait until next year. Is that the plan? Uh, Yeah, but I think, you know, I think it will be worth a wait. Put it like that as far as a Maiden thing goes. There's some very, very exciting things in the pipeline. So that's all I can say, really. You know. You know oh, I know, like. Rod, I know Rod. I know your manager. I'm sure you've been <laughs> given. Yeah, I'm sure he's behind you with a virtual yeah. hook. <laughs> well, well out, but um, I think the fans are going to be delighted. You know. Well, the last yeah. tour, my gosh. I mean, the last tour, fans are still talking about. I mean, what an incredible tour and set list and I've, amazing. Such a great set. But um, I mean, how, how many times you get a chance to play a guitar solo underneath a full-size spitfire you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) pretty cool pretty cool stuff Um, well guys like what you said you know i'm I'm, but i'm i'm really into this uh smith carson thing at the moment i'm so proud of the album and um just want to get it out there and it's received a lot of attention but it'd be nice if people can can support us you know because we you know we uh we want to make another album and and that's the only way we can do that is if we if we shift this one you know so and we put a lot of work and love into it you know so you know, it's out there. 
tomorrow. Well, as as we're talking, as we're talking, I got some ideas which I'll pick up with you guys off the air about maybe some some things we that we could do that could be really cool to launch this. And uh, I'll get into that off the air and and we'll follow up on it. But yeah, it should be heard and it should be presented live, even if it's a one-off opportunity, whatever the case may be, because it it really is great stuff. And, uh, you know, I I love both you guys as musicians and people, and uh, I'm excited you've done this together. So everybody check out Smith Cotson. The debut album is available everywhere starting tomorrow. I'll talk to you guys both soon. Be well, be safe. Thank you for the time. And uh, all the best. Thanks, Eddie. Bye. Take care, Adrian. Bye-bye. Well, thanks to Adrian and Richie. Great to visit with them. Check out the album, Smith Cotson. It is out now. Thank you all for listening to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thanks to Katie Irizarry for producing it. Wish you guys a great week. Be sure to join me next Thursday for another new episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss one each and every week. And be sure to follow on social media at Eddie Trunk. And I am available on Cameo for personalized videos as well. Have a great week, everybody. Catch you next Thursday. Don't forget to listen to me on Sirius XM Radio every day, live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Volume Channel 106 and nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern, full shows, audio, video, more on the Sirius XM app. Catch you on the radio and catch you here for another episode of the podcast next week. Hey, movie lovers, who needs a theater when you have Pluto TV? Grab your popcorn and your streaming device because free movies are here. Pluto TV is your home for movies. Great movies are playing anytime in over 20 exclusive movie channels of action, horror, rom-coms, and more. Watch hits like Saving Private Ryan, Pretty in Pink, and Charlie's Angels all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts, ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.